This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Happy holiday weekend. It's not Carmen DeFalco, but it's Randy Merkin filling in for Carmen DeFalco as we get you set for college football week one. I know last week it was week zero, but it's week one this weekend, but it's always a week one. It's always a blast to be joined by my co-host, the great Mike North. Mike, how are you, buddy? I love it, man. I'm telling you, it's back, it's back to normal with Randy Merkin, Mike North, Carmen on a well-deserved uh, weekend off. Uh, happy uh, holidays to everybody. May uh, the rest of the year, may your football handicapping uh destination be here with the odds couple last week uh two and one i'm on a roll ladies and gentlemen 66 percent i'm not ready to jump off the baseball thing yet randy so you know what we're doing great as a team and uh i couldn't be happier football's here but there's a lot of baseball left folks especially here all of a sudden in the city of chicago yes there is a lot of baseball left and don't look now but the socks are actually kind of back in it but mike uh, where do you do want to I start? Do I call them Cairo's Cavaliers now? Do I come up with a nickname? You know, Miguel Cairo running the show now. I don't know what. I got to come up with a nickname. You, you know, know? It's, they have a, a three-game series with the Twins this weekend. They have four left with oh. the Guardians, including a one. on with Cleveland left. Oh. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's still out there. Do, okay. do you, do you want to start baseball? or do No, you wanna do whatever st- you want. I just wanted to give a little salute to our to the guys. Everybody's been waiting for this, and maybe it's going to happen. Well, let's let's start with baseball because, okay. you know, it seems like, Mike, that most of the division races are done except for the Sox. Now, the yep. Yankees all of a sudden only have a six-game lead over your Rays. Right. And the Rays right now are 23-1 to to win the AL East. But that's still an outside chance. But uh, I, I feel like most of the races and the awards are done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Judge is the clear-cut winner for MVP. So is yeah. Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, the kid from uh, in the Marlins, Sandy Alcantara, is going to win this uh, young. Easily. The only one, Mike, that the only race that's really open is Justin Verlander and Cy Young. I thought it was his to lose, and he probably is still the clear-cut favorite, but mm-hmm. he goes on the injured list, 15-day injured list, and uh, so does Shane McClanahan. So it's basically Dylan Cease has got a chance now. He's, he's plus 270, plus 280, and if he has two or three really good starts, he had a great start on Sunday, just gave up a couple of solo home runs. That was it, but uh, he's got a chance to win the Cy Young. Oh, yeah, even when he loses, Randy, he, he loses with style, sort of like DeGrom-like, you know, uh, or, you know, you lose 2-1, to one, you lose 3-2, to two. so I give him all the credit in the world. He needs something like crazy, like a one-hitter, you know, something to get him more notice, even though he's gotten some of late. Verlander, to me, uh, I mean, I think it would be open season if he was going to be on uh, the disabled list or whatever you want to call it till uh, maybe the playoffs, but the fact that he's going to be back I think they're going to pitch him again. So, you know what? He's still in the race. Uh, You know, you never know what's going to happen, but I still think it's Verlander's uh, to lose uh, if he can come back. You know, it's it's crazy how things change at the end of the season with some of these awards. I remember last year Max Scherzer was the favorite, and he had just a terrible outing. He was with the Dodgers to end the season. He had one bad outing, and he went from the first favorite to the third favorite. So, it's like right. you, you build up this huge resume, Mike, all year, and you have one bad start at the end of the year, and all of a sudden, you're not the favorite anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll never forget. I use always use this. I remember uh, a guy that played uh, 
Uh, good baseball for the White Sox, Ron LaFleur. Yep. Uh, well, he got out of prison. He was a guy that had been in prison, played his way onto the Detroit Tigers. But when, early in his early days, he made a couple years early. And he was always known for he was a hitter but had no glove. And he was a heck of a fielder. But you get tagged with things, especially if uh, you do it early. I, I really believe that, uh, you know, that's something that is hard to overcome. I mean, you know, like, like we talk about baseball, like Tim Anderson. He's known more as a hitter. I mean, than a fielder. And by the way, I, I just want everybody, I can't even remember what Tim Anderson looks like anymore. Yeah, I he's mean, been going for the a while. White Sox, by the way, the White Sox that they're still in this, the White Sox that they're still in this because of the division, everybody lost last night except the White Sox. And with all these games against Minnesota and Cleveland, this is going to get interesting. Okay, so now the White Sox, speaking of the division races, I mentioned most of those division races are pretty much done, but the White Sox are the third favorite right Yes. Right now, Mike, and they're only four games back. I know it's five right. in the loss column. And remember, uh, they're down nine six to the Guardians in the season series. So mm. they ha- you know, there's no longer that playing game. Mm. So they're going to have to either sweep those last four games, or they have to pick up another game somewhere. They still but, got a road to climb. Right. So, but they're plus eight fifty. Is that worth? Is that worth a uh, you know some couch changes? Yeah. Carmen says absolutely. Uh, the couch change situation comes into play here. You throw down fifty bucks. You win, you win, you know, uh, 400 or something like that if they should happen to do it. You know, I, I still think, you know what, it's like when you walk the dog. You walk him downhill, he's pulling on the leash. You, everything's good. You're coasting. They're not coasting yet. They still got work to do. It's like walking the dog uphill. All of a sudden, you go, boy, why am I breathing so hard? You didn't even notice there was a slight incline. That's what the Sox have. They have a slight incline right now. And and that slight incline with games dwindling is still four games. But they got they got a lot of cooperation yesterday. And that, you can't get in. Look at Tampa Bay. Look at Tampa Bay. They're six back. They looked, they looked like they were all dead. The Yankees fall into that rut, and you're back in it. That's why the season... And that's why I don't pay attention to anything that happened during the bubble years. No no crowds. You know what I mean? I'm glad the Dodgers won a World Series, but you won in front of nobody, and you played on a limited schedule for the most part. Right. You know, it's funny you mention that because, like, I just have a tough time just even acknowledging any of the awards that year. And listen, oh, they, no. all, they all got them, and they, but it was a 60-game season. I don't care season. if the Lakers won. I don't even count the bubble championship. I don't. Do you? It's tough. It's tough. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's AAU like we played right. a tournament. Right. And everybody right. played in the same place. I'm sorry. It's not the same. I mean, you know, you look at things like that. I mean, look at Tony LaRusa. God bless. I hope you get better, Tony. But here's a guy that if they had played in one spot, he'd be probably better. But the flying all over the country at his age, folks, I'm sorry. You, I just think the stress, the media on him, the fans, the losing. The guy's not coming through. I think his mind is not as quick as it used to be. And this might be one of those deals, and I don't mean this to be mean, where the timing might have been right for Miguel Cairo, who just says yesterday or the other day, Randy, go out and have a good time. And and now if they play like they have nothing to lose, they might end up winning this thing as far as the division. Uh, let's see. Well, they're only four games back. and. Yep. Before we go to break, Mike, uh, you know, the division races, we, I mentioned, are basically done. But, yep. you know, the to win the NL or the AL, it's pretty crazy because you have two clear-cut teams in both in both races, right? The Astros and the Yankees are mm-hmm. the two clear-cut favorites, and the Dodgers and the Mets 
are the two clear-cut favorites. Is there a team in either side that you're like, boy, you know, if they get hot, like the Philadelphia Phillies are 16-1 to uh, uh, with a good rotation. Bryce Harper's coming back. Yeah. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays have so much hitting, and they do have some great pitching. Is there a team, Mike, that sticks out either side that you'd be like, boy, I, I wouldn't mind taking a shot at them? You want to hear my dark horse? Go ahead. You know you know how you're always telling me, quit telling everybody you went to this place, that place. Uh-huh. Like, come up with a decent fact. Okay, here's my dark dark horse, and this is factual. Are the Seattle Mariners eligible? Are they close to winning this, uh, getting into wild card? Uh, they're looking pretty good right now. Yeah, this, yeah, they're playing really well. Fundamentally sound baseball team. Yep. Manager that they all like. Yep. I've been watching their games. Former Cubs catcher, Scott That's Service. That's right, Scott Service. Uh, watched them on a press conference the other day. People go, what do you do when you get older? That's what I do, watch press conferences with managers and, and then have a sandwich. Bottom line is, <laughs> it looks to me, they have, a, they have a bullpen that is really, really good. They're under the radar team. I might take a look at them at least in the first round. Yeah, no, Seattle is 10-1 to right now to win the AL. Uh, How about that? That doesn't seem that high, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. They're the fourth favorite right now, and you know, it's, it's crazy. Who had that happening? Yeah, no, not at the beginning of the year, that's right. for sure. And it's funny because I heard a lot of people say they were going to regress because last year they won a lot of close games and that mm. it's going to come back. Well, it hasn't come yet. It's actually going the other way. They're, they're actually gamers. Yeah, they're better. They're uh, coming back from behind. They're, they're, they're not out of games. They're gamers. And the manager's doing a good job because I've never had any use for Scott Service with Seattle until recently. And he's proven me, at least for this year, wrong. And they picked up that Winker kid and other people. Yep. They got a little active during the offseason. And they got Julio Rodriguez. He's probably the most exciting young player right now in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we come back, speaking of exciting, we're going to talk to the owner, the creator of PropSwap, Luke Pergandy. They are the presenting sponsor of The Odds Couple. We'll get to that coming up next. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeValco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. This is The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeValco. On ESPN 1000, or stream it on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. And we are back on the Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. Randy Merkin filling in for Carmen DeFalco this weekend. Happy Labor Day to everyone, and it's my pleasure this time of the show to be joined by the great Luke Pergani from PropSwap. Oh, you're at all day. What's up, Mark? Hey, Mike. Hey, buddy. What's going on, partner? Well, Luke, How we doing? it's your time of year, right? Isn't football your uh, your 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 sweet spot? We're happy. We're definitely happy. It's back. <laughs> um, yeah, I would obviously football is king in this country. If you add up the NFL and college, uh, it's about fifty percent of the overall sports betting handle. So just an absolute monster. Uh, we're happy it's back, and uh, it was a good start last week. I even the Northwestern Nebraska game was a good start, and. Um, you know, Purdue Penn State on Thursday night was good. So it's been competitive, and that's what we want. You know, it's a good thing I'm not the athletic director of Nebraska because I would have fired Scott Frost right right there in the game after yeah. they did the onside kick. I'm sorry. There's no excuse for it. Yeah, I don't care if you don't believe in momentum when you got an 11-point lead, you don't have an onside kick. So that being said, I want to ask you about the totals uh, compared to past years. I saw an astounding stat uh, the other day where the, the stat is this, that half of the quarterbacks in Division One football, okay, 
are have transferred or either uh, they're fifth-year guys or red-shirted or, or what have you, which has led to a lot of coaches saying, I don't know what's going to happen because there's so many transfers now. I have the totals for college. Uh, sort of been the same as they were, or, or is this more of a wait-and-see attitude and betting weekly on these teams? Yeah, that's a good question. Usually the rule of thumb is over-unders in both in all of football, NFL and college are rising. Just offenses are getting more efficient. They're getting more athletic players into more space, and then as such are leading to more points getting hung on the scoreboard. So, I would imagine totals are creeping up a little bit. Well, what I'm talking about, excuse me, I'm talking about seasonal totals for wins and losses. Gotcha. Yeah, so you're saying are the general season-long win totals getting higher than they were last year? Or or, are people laying off them because there's like been 50, there's been half of the quarterbacks in Division I football have transferred to other teams. You've heard coaches say there's a lot of unpredictability. So is it harder to rate these teams for over-under for seasonal totals considering a lot of these teams uh, have new quarterbacks for uh, for this year? Gotcha. Yeah. So is is the handle on win totals going right. down? It's a great question. I, that's a very fair point. And I would I would say anecdotally I would agree with that. I'd say there is more uncertainty around. You know, there's there's two two groups of teams. There's the Bama's, the Georgias, the Clemson's, right. like Ohio State. Like we generally know what those teams are going to look like. But to your point, you know, in the ACC, like Georgia Tech or some like low level team, like what is that team going to look like this year? That's a fair point. Of you know there is more uncertainty because of the transfer protocol. I get that argument for sure, and I would say generally we have seen less money wagered on win totals because of that. Futures, I'd say futures are still you know uh, growing versus 2021. College football is just one of those sports where it's top the top five teams are going to be the same teams every year, and then it's just the rest of the crew. So you know, Carmen, I talked last week of Utah, like Utah worth taking a stab at an odds of 80 to one right now to win the CFP. When you look at teams like last year where Michigan and Cincinnati, Cincinnati was 300 to one. They of course go to the college football playoff. Michigan was around hundred to one. They of course went to the playoff. So there's going to be underdogs that get into that tournament. And of course you can flip it for profit if they do. Uh, speaking of underdogs, Luke, uh, the Heisman race, it always feels like it's a Bama quarterback or, Ohio State quarterback, and those two guys are the favorites this year. Uh, is there long shots, including my guy, maybe, um, uh, Braylon Allen on Wisconsin? Is there a lot of movement right now for the Heisman Trophy this early in the season? Yeah. No, there is. Heisman um, betting is always super popular. You know, I go back to Joe Burrow during his um, Heisman winning season. He was 100-1 to one to start the season. Of course, Lamar Jackson, when he won at Louisville, was 100-1. to one. So there's tons of examples of underdogs in the Heisman race that have hit. Uh, I know my co-founder, Ian, thinks Stetson Bennett could be an interesting one, not necessarily because he's the best athlete in the country. Of course, you know, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, one of those guys will probably win that award, barring injury. But you know, the, the argument is Georgia's the top team. They don't have to play Alabama in the regular season. If Georgia is, you know, number one in the country at the end of the season and Stetson Bennett has, a formidable season. His odds will go from 100 to 1 to 10 to 1. You can flip it. I kind of like him at uh, at 100 to 1. Uh, let me get off football real quickly, Luke. And I, I have a, a question about baseball and the, the Cy Young race. Mike and I were talking 
in the first segment how that's pretty much the American League side, right? Cy Young race is the only thing that's available right now that's close. Uh, was was Justin Verlander to start the year, I think, was like 8 or 10 to 1. Has there been a lot of movement with that? Because Dylan Cease has a legitimate chance to win the Cy Young now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so let's see. As of, gosh, you guys are off the board this morning. The last time I checked, Cease was around 3 to 1. Yep, that's, that's about um, right. That's accurate. And, yeah. and Verlander was like minus 260. Yeah, it's probably Verlander's to lose just because the White Sox, like, this is, it's an unfair assessment, but just because the White Sox had such lofty expectations and they've just clearly missed the boat on those expectations this year, I think he'll get discounted because of that, fairly or not. And obviously the Astros are just killing it right now, like home and away record. They're just amazing. They've had a amazing, they had, they had an incredible August last month, so. You know, I think for better or worse, it's probably going to be Verlanders, uh, just just because of the success Houston has had versus Chicago. Uh, and one more for you, Luke, real quickly. Uh, Serena Williams started off the U.S. Open at like fifty to one. She, she's now down to fourteen to one, but she just beat the number two seed. Uh, is there any movement at all with Serena? Did people actually get tickets for her when she was fifty or sixty to one to start the U.S. Open? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we the U.S. Open is only going to grow. I think soccer and tennis are two sports that are going to continue to be more uh, more wagers continuing on those two sports. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. We've seen Serena tickets. She's a super public tennis player, of course. So, um, you know, she's like the Yankees of tennis. So, yeah, we've told we've absolutely sold uh, Serena Williams. Well, if you're um, picking her to win, I think it's like what now, ten to one? Or yeah, she, like Mike, she's yeah. like twelve or yeah, ten or twelve well, to let one. Let me now. ask you yeah. a question: If she really thought she was going to win, would she have played doubles last night? I thought, yeah, that's a great point. I was watching that last time. I'm like, man, like, it's an interesting decision that she's that, playing that both doubles there, and singles. That decision yeah. there tells me she knows herself. Basically, maybe she's surprising herself. The other night, her serve was outstanding. But I think she's a realist. Why would you take a doubles match? I know it's your sister. It's your last time. But you're trying to go into the history books, and you're playing doubles where you could turn an ankle, or, or basically you're using your energy as a 41-year-old uh, uh, superstar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a super fair point. I, I thought the same thing. I, I found that interesting last night on TV on Thursday night. Hey, Luke, uh, enjoy your holiday weekend. Thanks, as always, for joining us, and we'll uh, talk to you next week when the NFL is underway. It's back, guys. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Mike. Oh, look, you're our guy. Stay, stay healthy. <laughs> uh, my, How about Serena? She's playing doubles. Come on. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, but, you know, it's she lost, so now she has to worry about playing well, singles. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you used up. I mean, last night, you wanted to win. You're using up your energy. I know it's doubles. It's easier. But you, you have a chance to go into history books, and I think she had this planned out. I, I, I can't believe she won the other night. It was a great match. Uh, you know, I know that it's not the same type of competition, for instance, that Stuffy Graff had to play back in the day or Jimmy Connors and Borg and McEnroe and all those guys. But she's 41 years old. She looks a little bit out of shape to me, but she's so powerful. She can do this, but I thought it was odd last night, Randy, that she played that doubles. Boy, it was electric on Wednesday night, though, wasn't oh, it? it was... well, how about this? Do you have the home – talk about home court advantage. You're a superstar that's starting to fade, but you got that heart that got you where you want to go. Now you got Tiger Woods in the stands. Who's coming next? Gretzky? Maybe Jordan shows up. The next thing you know, you got a full stadium, and these other girls are playing this legend who they grew up loving. 
So, I mean, advantage, I think, would be to take her and hope that you can keep winning with her. The doubles thing just bothered me a little bit last night, even though I understand the family situation. Right. And, you know, it's probably the last time they're going to probably play doubles together at the U.S. Open. How about the last time she's going to play at the U.S. Open? Wouldn't she like to win it all? I'm not saying she's not going to still win it. Maybe she's saying now, you know, I, I, I can't believe she beat the number two seed. But the number two seed faded under the crowd, under the emotion, and under the great serve of Serena Williams when she needed it. Well, we'll see how far she can go. But when Mike, we come back, we're going to switch to the pigskin. We're going to preview some college football, and then yeah. we'll get to maybe a little NFL. Uh, that's coming up next on The Odds Couple. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is The Odds Couple with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco. The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. And we are back on The Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. Randy Merkin in for Carmen DeFalco along with Mike North. And it is finally here, Mike. Yep. It is finally here. It started last week with week zero. You mentioned Nebraska, oh. Northwestern, and what was that? Nebraska's up 28-17. Oh. Scott Frost is on the sideline. Looked like he had just lifted like 500 pounds before the game, and mm-hmm. Northwestern comes back and wins it. Give Fitz credit. It's like yep. that odd year. Every other year, the team's good, and that was a really good start for and Northwestern. And the quarterback played played great. Yep. We were worried about him and he, yep. he came through. So congratulations to Fitz and the Northwestern Wildcats on a game that looked like it was going to be won by Nebraska but Scott Frost, I'm telling you I couldn't believe it. I have no interest in that game except to see Northwestern win. I thought they were dead and then he goes and pulls basically one of the biggest bonehead coaching moves I've ever seen. Uh, well that that's done with now and, yep. uh, and we move on to, to week one. Last week was week zero and uh, Thursday night was a real interesting game. A couple of great games. West Virginia Pitt was a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. And so was Purdue and Penn State. I felt like Purdue is, just, I feel like that team is just kind of snake bitten. I mean, like, they were, I really liked them at plus 140 in the money line, and they're up 31 28. And the tight end makes a great catch and calls a catch in the field, and they overturn it. And then Penn State goes down and uh, has the game winning drive, and Purdue can't do anything after that. But. Uh, Mike, there's so many great matchups here in week one. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the best one, in my opinion. It's going to be Ohio State versus Notre Dame. And, you know, Marcus Freeman's first game as the official head coach. I know he took over for the bowl game last year for Brian Kelly, uh, who left to go to LSU. But that is a tough matchup to start your season against Ohio State and Ryan Day. Yeah, I mean, you're playing an established uh, football factory, Notre Dame's uh, football factory, maybe with uh, 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 a little less pizzazz as it used to have, but uh, taking over for Brian Kelly. I told Carmen last week, as you know, you were here. I said, basically, you know, don't don't think Brian Kelly was a hobo. He did a great job at Notre Dame. And and he has, think, doesn't he have the most wins ever for that? Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I mean, they let him do that, and then basically he said, see you later, I'm going to where I'm going to get the top athletes without any restrictions. And uh, I just think these are two, two things. Big shoes to fill, number one, expectations, that's two things. And then three, you're playing Ohio State. Bad spot for Notre Dame. I won't touch the game. 
Uh, I wouldn't touch the money line. It's astronomical. But if Notre Dame could somehow win this game, that changes everything because a lot of people, like we said last week, have Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama at minus 360 that those three will be in the playoff. All they need to lose one of those teams is one game to screw that thing up. You know, but talking about Marcus Freeman, like, what do you think his approach is, Mike? I mean, going into Ohio State uh, and and betters, uh, more importantly, like, mm-hmm. 17 and a half points seems like a lot of points for a t- Notre Dame team who is talented. That's why people are going to take him. Notre Dame is one of the most public teams in all sports. Forget about just the Yankees and baseball. Uh, forget about uh, Green Bay or New England and football. Notre Dame is a public team. They'll see the 17 and a half points. They'll pray they could keep it in within 10. I know the total is 59. Uh, but it could be 57-3 to three for all we know. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, that's what I talked about uh, earlier with the transfers and everything else uh, that's going on. So I think that's a stay-away game. I think it's a game that you could just watch to see how Freeman coaches, how how much powerful Ohio State is, and see what uh, what's going to happen. I it's I'm still a baseball better until I get a game or two under our our belt because, like I told uh, Luke, you just don't know with a lot of these teams anymore. You're hearing the coaches say the same thing. Right, that was an interesting point you made, and and I, I kind of want to follow up on that. Don't you? trust the coaches I know you said the quarterbacks are switching and I know some of the, right. the coaches are switching too but yep. with the teams the established teams like uh, I'll give an example my my team Wisconsin who has the system right you know it, it goes all the way back to Barry Alvarez which yeah. is run the ball with the big big uglies and then if you get a if you get a couple of speed guys then throw it downfield and they have a solid defense do you, do you just go trust the program that they're going to be ready to go like I knew nothing about Northwestern but I, I like Northwestern in the points in week one because I trusted right. Fitz more than I trusted Scott Frost. That's a great point. I mean, that was uh, – and you, and you guessed right, Rand. I mean, uh, basically, absolutely, you go with – I mean, the traditional powerhouses, and Wisconsin is one of those now. I mean, I went down to Wisconsin back in the day. I'll right. never forget this. Me and Jesse Rogers were down there. <laughs> Three-day trip, out of our minds. We went to State Street. I'd never been there. So I, I ended up being on Barry Alvarez's show and stuff. So I walk into this bar. I think it was State Street Brats. State Street Brats, yes. There was a big guy behind it. And I come in during the day, and it was a Friday after final, so half the, the, the students were in there already getting hammered. And uh, I go to the guy. I go, uh, hey, you know a lot of places around here? He goes, yeah. He says, but I, I go, what time you get off? He goes, well, I just started. And I said, really? And he, I said, I too bad. I I I help you out here if you could be a tour guide for me. He goes, well, I do it, but I gotta work. I go, how about for two hundred bucks? He quit. He quit <laughs> on the guy right there. Are you kidding gave, me? Jesse was right there. I go, here's two hundred bucks. He took us all over. It was the greatest one of the greatest trips I've ever had because he was an older guy that was a student. You know, he was a right. Senior. Right. He he quit. He goes, I quit. He told the guy. I hope he got his job back, but for that day. He got two hundred bucks in his pocket, and he showed me and Jesse around. Wow! That's- yeah, and, and 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 it's a great great atmosphere, but that's what you're betting. You don't know what SMU is going to do though. Nobody right. knows what Toledo's going to do though. Nobody's going to. Nobody knows what Florida Atlantic's going to do. We know what Alabama should do. Yep. We know, but we don't know what Colorado State's going to do because of. There's it, it, there's just so many college football teams now. It's hard to keep up on all of them. And, you know, Mike, an interesting matchup. Uh, it's going to be at the Georgia Dome, whatever they call it now, on uh, <laughs> on Saturday afternoon. Oregon 
with a new head coach, Dan Lanning, who happened to be the defensive coordinator at Georgia for the past four years, takes on Georgia and Kirby Smart, coming off a national championship but losing, like, like most of their defense and some skill position players on offense as well. Uh, that's a 17-point spread. Oregon is, has got some athletes, but do you think that has any advantage at all for Oregon having their, their head coach with the defense quarter and knows how Kirby Smart likes to coach? Yes. I, I would lean Oregon plus 17. I, I, I just think because of the letdown, so to speak. I mean, and Oregon does have to travel, but, you know, this is, uh, I think, once again, a first game. And uh, I like Oregon plus the 17, period, on the lean. Okay. I don't know if I'll bet it, but I did have favorable towards them. Uh, moving on, Mike, USC. Oh, starts I, off. I hear you hitting those keys. Yes, yes. You I know, was, it's like it's like my heart starts moving. Yes, I get uh, the chills. USC's taking on Rice, which isn't much of a matchup, no. but it's the first start for Lincoln Riley, who seems to always dominate teams early on. He did it with Oklahoma. Uh, it's a thirty-two and a half point spread. Uh, the over/under is sixty-two on this game. Are, are you buying Lincoln Riley Week One uh, with uh, with the USC Trojans? Well, here, I'm, here's what I'll buy. He's going to win, but you know what? I'm not buying. I'm, I I I don't like Oklahoma because they're they're always overrated. Their coaches always lose big games, in my opinion. And now Barry Switzer did win a couple national championships, but that was in the '80s. You know what I mean? But I do like Lincoln Riley. He falls into the mold of everybody else that's coached there. Okay, who was the guy before him? They kept saying he was going to be a pro coach someday, and he disappeared. Um, Are you talking about Oklahoma? Yeah. Or Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops. Yeah. That's all I heard. All I heard. And then Lincoln Riley all of a sudden is going to go to USC and dominate the conference. That remains to be seen. Everybody's touting this guy like it's a done deal. I've seen this act before for coaches that go to Texas, coaches that go to USC, coaches that go to different schools and are supposed to dominate, including maybe Brian Kelly at LSU. And sometimes it doesn't pan out. Right. And, you know, they do have uh, Oklahoma's quarterback, Caleb Williams, who came with uh, Lincoln Riley. Who was okay. I get it. Yeah, I mean, he was. He's one of the favorites to win the Heisman this year. So, uh, USC is an interesting team because I, I just, I'm very curious to see how Lincoln Riley handles things. Certainly, an offensive. It's genius. all about Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten. You know that. It's about Notre Dame. Is Bama going to uh, challenge Georgia? I, I mean, just it's almost the same storyline, Randy, with most college football teams now, isn't it? It really is, and, and we bring up Bama, and, and Mike, people are saying this is Nick Saban's best team, huh. uh, and which is crazy because, you know, last year's team was really good, and he's had, yeah. you know, six national, seven like national Warren championships. Buffett. Warren Buffett, he's just, like, got the money in the bank every year, it seems like, and Warren Buffett, on top of that, he's got that money because he knows what he's doing in finance. That's the way I look at this guy, Nick Saban, with the kind of recruiter he has been, and a decent football coach, although I think he's a better recruiter and motivator than a game day coach. 42-point spread uh-huh. against Utah State in week yeah. one for Alabama. Uh, do you feel comfortable giving that many points no. in week one, Mike? You stay away, and then you see it 63 to nothing. I'd love to take Alabama minus 42. And don't forget, they always go for style points. But see, this is what's wrong with college football. They're, this is counted as a win for them. They're playing like a high school team compared to them and this gets added to their total uh which i used to always laugh about how the sec teams got the toughest schedule and then i'd see they're favored by 30 over this team 40 over this team who are they playing they play a lot of of the little sisters of the poor so to speak so 
Yeah, I mean, I stay away. I stay away from games like this, Randy. I, you know what? I think the first time I'm gonna bet football this year, except give some maybe picks, uh, maybe today on 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 Carmen and Yurko on the bonus play, is NFL. It's the NFL mm. right now because at least you know the rosters. At least you know the quarterbacks. Like we talked earlier, all these teams got different quarterbacks now. They got guys transferring all over the place. Coaches leaving. The NFL. At least you know that you got the, the rosters in your hand and the coaches you know and everything else. That's why I still think it's the greatest game going. Uh, Mike, one more before we go to break and, yep. and bring in the great Jim Miller. Uh, Florida State, LSU on Sunday night. Uh, this game will be at the Caesars Superdome in New Orleans. Brian Kelly's debut oh, yeah. with LSU. Uh, Miles Brennan, the backup quarterback, left the team. So LSU is a three-point favorite. Mike Norvell entering his fourth season at Florida State. Any feel at all? Brian Kelly, you know, starts with a bang, or you think Florida State comes in plus one thirty-five in the money line and pulls the upset? Man, I'm shocked about the point spread. Yeah, it's kind of low, isn't it? Oh, kind of. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, for all the fanfare, he's right. doing videos with the players. Lights are hitting them. He's talking Southern. You know, we're ready to go. It's a tough environment. He's going to be judged harshly like he was at Notre Dame. I'd lean Florida State just because of the number. Notre, I mean, LSU, how many, by the way, is there any Notre Dame fans going to be rooting for Brian Kelly? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. And, you know, this goes back to Mike's systems, right? Mike Norvell's in his fourth year. I know, Absolutely. I know it has not been a great start for him with Florida State, but... You know, people are saying that he's finally got the players he wants. The recruiting is finally in his favor. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Kelly loses. And if he loses, the heat starts coming immediately on him. It's amazing. Because of who he is. Week one of his first season, the heat. Yeah, that's how college football works. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk to the great handicapper from Hawthorne. Jim Miller joins us on The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Odds Couple. ESPN 1000, and now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2. It's heading down the home stretch here on The Odds Couple. Randy Merkin filling in for Carmen DeFalco, presented by PropSwap. And it's our pleasure at this point, every week on the show, to bring in the great handicapper from Hawthorne, Jim Miller. Jimmy, Jimmy! how are you? Boys, I heard that a few times. I was out at the OTB last week. Some folks were there to, uh, checking things out over at our Crestwood OTB. Mm-hmm. I heard Jimmy at least three different times. It shows that people are listening to the show. shows that they love the show, too. Well, I'll tell you what. Crestwood, I used to go to the one in Niles, the OTBs. And I went to the one out at Arlington back yep. in the day. Those were good times. I mean, people don't. Actually, and now with the uh, the the sports book, it's a better experience for everybody. You could go to Hawthorne, but man, Crestwood. I know Ter- Terry Boris, my old friend, used to go there. Yep. Uh, we used to cover the OTBs. It's a shame the one in Niles closed, Jimmy. It was a pretty big place. But how many OTBs are left now? Yeah, that was a huge OTB there. There's still 16 of them spread nice. across the Chicago land area, so there is a lot of coverage for the OTBs. And you're right, Mike. The cool thing is. You've seen that crossover from sports betting over to horse racing. And I was sitting in the sportswood section of the OTB, but Delmar was on a screen. Saratoga was on a screen. Hawthorne was getting ready to go because we had Thursday night racing this past week. So there is that crossover, which is cool to see. People are watching and wagering now on 
baseball, college football, getting ready for NFL action, and incorporating horse racing into it. And that's what we were looking to do, and it looks like it's working. Jimmy, my guy, Mike North, let me explain to his life, okay? I, I see like two or three times a week he's, he's up early, early <laughs> tea time. I mean, you know, I, I feel like he's in a different state. He's in Huntley, you know, and he's, uh-huh. he's loving life. I mean, he plays golf. He's back by 9 or 10 o'clock, sits down, gets ready for whatever he's going to play that day. Takes uh, takes his dog for a walk. Yeah, gives B a kiss, and then maybe has a little lunch, and, and then he, then he's off. I, mean, I that, get up at three in the morning. I watch the news for ten minutes. I'm aggravated, and I start handicapping for the odds couple. And then the horses, by the way, have been kicking some butt with Jimmy. And and you know what, Jimmy, you're back from the state fair. I, I'm sure that went good. The, the state fair actually did go really good. Think about the state fair racing, guys. We had seven days between the two state fairs. Over a million dollars was wagered. On state fair racing, so that was a really cool thing. Do you have to see buses? Do you the take promotion people on of buses? Do you take? You so, should take people on buses, Jimmy. We should year. just to showcase it. It is. That's it's, all. it's a very cool experience. It was a lot of fun. We saw some track records set, which is really cool, and it gets us set for Night of Champions, which is next Saturday at Hawthorne. So we're going to focus away from Hawthorne this week, but guys. Next week will be all Hawthorne because we're giving away over a million dollars in purses next Saturday. Woo, million dollars. Nice. Wow. All right, Jimmy, give us give us your picks for this week, and let's make some uh, money for the holiday weekend. That's right. We had two winners last week at Saratoga on the East Coast. This week we're going to the West Coast. So all three races at Del Mar, but all three of these horses across the board. They're all graded stakes races. So start in race nine, bet the nine, Belnikoff across the board. This one stretches out over the turf and has won over the course. Then in race 10, bet the four express train across the board. You're going to try to beat the heavy favorite flight line in there. And then in race 11, bet the nine masterpiece across the board. This one has six victories on the turf and should love the distance. All right, real quickly again, these are all Del Mar. Race 9, the nine horse. Race 10, the four horse. And race 11, the nine horse all across the board. Right, Jimmy? That's right. Building the bankroll for NFL action, boys. Thanks, Jimmy. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great holiday weekend. You got it. Good luck. Jimmy! Yeah, it's good. The OTBs are a lot of fun if you get a chance to go out there, folks. And I'll tell you this. I mean, we got the football. We got the college. We got pro football. I'll have my over-under to- season totals next week. And I'll tell you what, real quick, Randy, some of the favorites that I'm seeing. A lot of people liking, I mean, the overs with the Bills, the KC Chiefs. Cincinnati. Well, so I'm going to have four interesting picks for next week. And don't forget today, 148, uh, the bonus pick with the guys. Uh, that's great. And, uh, Mike, you know, uh, I had an interesting stat from Bill Barnwell. I love interesting stats from uh, Billy Barnwell. Well, you know we're that. talking about the NFL MVP race. Two yeah. of the last five winners were in their second year. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and a third guy probably should have won it. That was Carson Wentz, but he tore his ACL against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I'm not going to ask you to pick a second-year quarterback because I don't think there's any that are really in would no. have a chance. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is up there for the favor. Patrick Mahomes is up there for a favor. Is there someone, you know, like Russell Wilson at 14 to one that you kind of like this year, Mike, for MVP? I, congratulations to Russell yes, Wilson. Yes, got class paid. Act. In a day and age when we're playing like guys like Deshaun Watson, full-time guaranteed contracts. Right. Good to see my guy Russell Wilson, who's my favorite road team, uh, road player in football. I've always loved him. I wanted the Bears to take him. Of course, they didn't do that. He went in the third round, I think, or something, didn't he? I forget. But I will say this about uh, Russell Wilson, 14-1. to I'm going to look at Mitch. Trubisky, why not? We've talked about it. Luke says if you're higher than 32 to 1 and you're a quarterback and it's a quarterback's award, take it. I'll take a look at a couple other quarterbacks. There's going to be some surprises. 
You know, I, a lot of people like Detroit. I don't buy it that they're going to be a surprise. Uh, you know, Las Vegas because of Devontae Adams. You maybe take a look at their quarterback who's not in the, 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 the talking here. But it is a quarterback, like uh, Randy just brought up the guys who have won uh, situation. Aaron Rodgers could win it again, but it doesn't mean anything to me because he's just a regular season hero. And the defenses do not play. They play differently during the year than he. Than you're going to see in the postseason. The thing I would say about this is maybe this is the year Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that receiver that he really needs. Uh, Mike, let's get the best plays. We have I a couple minutes plays. left, and I know that you've been hot two and one last week, but you're off. Right. You're really on a uh, hot streak right now. So let's get started with some of your best plays, All my right, friend. All right, pal. Listen, Cairo's Cavaliers. I'm trying to come up with something. <laughs> Cairo's <laughs> guys, I don't know. But sometimes things happen for a reason, okay? Maybe Tony is going to be fine. He's doing the managing, apparently, when Cairo, you know, talks to him. But Cairo's in the dugout. Cairo's got him loosened up. Tonight, I'm looking at the Minnesota Twins with Sonny Gray going against Davis Martin. I've won three weeks in a row with the run line, folks. I'm taking the White Sox plus one and a half with this young kid, minus 140. You got to bet 140 to win 100, but I'm taking my White Sox at plus one and a half. I don't make the picks. That's one of the best two games on the board tonight. Okay, so you got the, the Sox with the run and a half. At minus uh, 140. Gotcha. Okay, my first play, Mike. I'm going to go with the team that we mentioned. How did uh, you do last week, by the way? I did not do well. I went 0-2. Okay. I, yeah, I've, I've not been That's doing That's why well. I had to ask you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. No, no, I'm my first sorry. Pick. No, no, I thought no, you were going to say one and one. No, I went, I, I, I went 0 and 2. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with Bama. I'm going to okay. give the 42 points. I know, uh, you know, that's a lot of points, but Nick Saban is going to have his team ready after a tough loss in the championship game last year. They've been stewing, ready for this game. Utah State. I'm going to be honest, I don't know much about Utah State this year, but uh, I think Alabama is going to put one on them, and they're going to win by at least 42 points. You know what? I They should. That's a good pick. They should. You just got to hope that they're not a little rusty at first. I don't know if they're worried, uh, if they're pissed off. I think they want to run the SEC again. Uh, but Utah State is like, they're like me. When I, in my grammar school career, I was a nuisance. That's all. Yes. Okay. Good That's point. all they are. Let's go now. I got another one. Yes, it's an all Chicago night. I'm not a fan of this guy, Adrian Sampson. He's going against Jordan Montgomery. Cubs against St. Louis. At plus one and a half at minus one ten. Basically, that's what. If you want the Cardinals at minus one and a half, it's plus. It's minus one ten. I'm taking the Cubs plus the one and a half at minus one ten, hoping. They can still, and Hap's doing well, Contreras is doing well. That's what I wanted the Cubs to do. Build, keep building, uh, and, 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 and keep busting their tail like they've been. Ross has done a good job with this team. All right, so you got the Cubs and the Sox. Maybe you That's should parlay those two together, Mike. How about that? Maybe I will, but you know what? I think I'll take, you know, I'll take them one each. I might try end up parring them, but I would probably – uh, go single game with both. All right, and real quickly, my final pick. I'm going to go with uh, Mike Norvell in Florida State. I'm going to go in the money line plus 130 to okay, beat LSU on, on Sunday night. Does uh, that bother you that me and you? I think it's it's strong. No, me and you no, I'll ride with you any day, Mike. On all right, your cool, picks. baby. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for the odds couple. The Cisco said the poncho. I love that. Yes, exactly. I'll ride with you any day.
Uh, I, I used to love that show, by the way. Uh, um, all right, that's going to do it for the odds couple. Thanks as always for joining us. Happy wagering. Happy Labor Day, everyone, weekend. And Carmen will be back next week as we kick off the NFL season. So long, everybody. This is the odds couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.